All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 5, Episode 5 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me across the way here is Dylan D. Berthium. How are you doing, D? Can't complain. Happy to be here a little bit earlier than uh, we're used to. Uh, I had to get up before noon for once so dealing with that but uh, other than that you know happy to be here yeah um no michael beebs bondy on this episode uh due to a couple scheduling conflicts of ours uh the first episode here uh the defenseman preview will feature myself and dylan and the second episode uh, which will be released a day later um featuring the goalies will be myself and michael beebs bondy so a little bit of a riot here in the next couple episodes uh, but yeah, it's pretty early. Uh, maybe we won't be quite as excited as we normally are. Uh, we're, we're for, we'll get there. We're bloggers, bro. We don't need to wake up early. We're not used <laughs> to this. Uh, but I don't even know. Are we bloggers? Like, what are we? Sports writers? Mm, somewhere in the middle. Let's call ourselves sports writers. Sports bloggers. Sports. Blog writers. Yeah, whatever. But okay, let's. Uh, we're going to talk about defensemen here like we do every episode. Yep. Uh, for the positional previews, we've got our top tens got our breakouts we've got our sleepers and we've got our busts it's just dylan and i so we'll go through our respective top tens um breakouts sleepers busts and then we'll get to beebs uh, he sent us his list so we still have got beebs's answers if if you guys listen to beebs more than you listen to to dylan and i then we still have 
his breakouts and his top tens. So we'll have that for you as well. So let's start with UD. Uh, let's go one through three. Who are your top three defense? Actually, let's go one through four because I'm sure, pretty sure we're sure. the exact same uh, here. Uh, yeah, not a lot of uh, you know room for debate. I think uh, up top here, uh, at least for me, Burns obviously number one. Uh, came in with 83 points in 82 games last year. Uh, four straight season with at least 300 shots. He had 300 right on the nose last year. I think we were all a little bit worried about Carlson cutting into his production, and that that clearly wasn't the case. Um, and I actually think there's going to be more shots for him on the main advantage this year. So I, I do like his chances of getting back up over 300 shots again in 2019-20. Uh, I just think he's the safest bet to finish with 70-plus points, and there's really no question there. Uh, like him just a little bit more than Carlson, who I have at number two, his teammate there, uh, simply just because Burns shoots the puck that much more uh, and does, you know, he, he's a more reliable goal scorer. Carlson uh, should be right around with uh, Burns in, in terms of point production. Uh, just the goal scoring has always been a tad bit behind the shot volume, not quite at the elite level of Burns. Uh, Carlson's shot volume actually increased last year, uh, which was good to see because, uh, again, same concern that we had with Burns, that maybe they would eat into each other last time and opportunity. Uh, but Carlson shot just 1.8%, uh, led to just three goals, 53 games, had 42 assists to go along with that. So I expect Carlson to get back uh, into double-digit goals this season uh, with you know, just in playing a full season and that shooting percentage bouncing back. His sluggish uh, start was so crazy last year. Like, yeah. I wonder how many people ended up getting the opportunity to buy low on him early in the season. You know, everybody kind of freaks out. You move to another team and then you start off slow. It's like, oh no, is, is Eric Carlson going to be as good as he was before? So hopefully a lot of people, you know, listen to the show, were able to cash in on that. We talked about it quite a bit, like try to buy low on this guy. And yeah. then, but it was weird. Like it was so insane to see like that is shooting percentage never bounced back at all. I mean, 1.8%. Uh, pretty incredible, but sorry to cut you off. What no, do you got? Three through uh, four. Then I got I got Headman at three, just slightly ahead of John Carlson. Uh, went back and forth on this for a little bit. Uh, to me, I, I just trust Headman's production a little bit more. Uh, Carlson's always kind of shot a little bit above average for a defenseman, and that just kind of worries me. On a year-to-year basis, I think Hedman's production a little bit more stable, a little bit more reliable, like Tampa Bay's power play, just a touch more uh, than Washington. Even though you could make an argument that, you know, that Hedman's got potentially more competition there, I, I still think that's his role. I don't think Sergachev's uh, bleeding into that first unit anytime soon. Uh, so, like uh, like Hedman, just a tad bit more than Carlson, but I think they're kind of tick for tack. Yeah, I'm in the exact same, obviously, like I said. Uh, just going to rattle off the projections here. We got Brent Burns, 21 goals, 55 assists for 76 points. Uh, most impressively, though, his 332 shots. Uh, it's funny to be talking about a defenseman that you can now safely project for like 320 shots. Um, he also, it's crazy. I mean, we're talking about standard leagues too. Uh, you know, a lot of those incorporate hits now. He, he hits a little bit more than, than Carlson does. So, yeah, most of the, I wouldn't uh, be surprised though if Carlson ends up with with more points this year. Uh, it's just, but the question with Carlson's always kind of been his health. So if he can stay healthy, I think that Carlson has a chance to have more points. But the goal production is definitely more secure with Brent Burns. So slight edge for Burns over Carlson there for me. I do have Carlson at a point per game, fifteen goals, fifty nine assists for seventy four points, but just seventy four games played because. Like I said, durability concerns there. Sure. Number three, Victor Hedman. I got 14 goals, 46 assists for 60 points. So obviously a pretty significant drop off from Burns and Carlson, but still uh, definitely the number three defenseman. Yeah, and I think we both agree probably Burns and EK should probably be going a round or two earlier. Yeah, and that's what I was just going to say. Like, you know, he might not have the same production, but you're going to get him a round or two later, and it, it kind of 
helps you there. The value's there compared to, you know, what you'd be getting in the, you know, second, third rounds when you might be taking yeah. Brent Burns or Carlson. You can still be getting 90-point forwards. Uh, now you're, you know, I'd rather have the 90-point winger and the 60-point yeah. defenseman than the 74. Yeah, but- that's fair. I, I just think, you know, 3 through even like 10, 11, I think a lot of these guys start to get interchangeable. And we're talking maybe about 5 to 10 points, the difference in production from the third best to the 10th best. And, you know, Burns and Carlson are clearly just a, a step or a level ahead of that. For sure. And then I've got Carlson, same thing at 4, uh, 13 goals, 47 assists for 60 points. Uh, so the exact same amount of points as Hedman. I just think, like you said, uh, Hedman's a little bit more trustworthy, obviously playing with Kucherov, Stamkos helps yeah. his value considerably. And we were talking about last week, uh, you know, it's going to, it's only a matter of time before this Washington team starts to slow down a little bit. Uh, but still I, I was kind of the guy who said, I'm not quite ready to declare that that's going to happen. So, uh, Carlson's still a guy that I like in my top five. Uh, and then speaking of top five, rounding it out is Chris Letang. Durability concerns for sure, uh, but I haven't projected for 13 goals, 44 assists, 57 points in 72 games. Still the unquestioned number one defenseman in Pittsburgh. Plays on a really lethal top power play with Crosby, Malkin, and the likes. So I really think that there's no reason to to consider Chris Letang anything other than a top five defenseman. Uh, the one guy that you could make a case for is probably Morgan Riley, who I have at six. Riley, obviously an outstanding start to last year, was able to continue that um, throughout the course of the year. Still, um, I think the one thing that has Latang ahead of him for me is now the presence of Tyson Berry could hurt Riley's value a little bit. I think all things considered, uh, Riley should be on the top power play unit over Berry, but you never know. Like Berry obviously did a tremendous job throughout his time in Colorado on that top power play unit. So there's just competition where... Chris Letang, I mean, yeah, Justin Schultz is there, but we're not talking about Tyson Berry. So I just trust Letang a little bit more, although there's obviously uh, the durability concerns. Yeah, and I I do think, you know, those concerns are already kind of baked into his ADP. Um, Letang currently going at, uh, on average, the 49th pick, about midway through the fourth round. Uh, So I'm fine with taking Letang there, even with the injury concerns. I think his production is just a little bit more reliable than the guys behind him. I actually have Yossi at six ahead of Riley. Um, To me, it's it's kind of what you talked about. I I think with Subban gone now, Yossi, uh, there's no real threat there to top line and top power play. I I think if Ellis sees any time on the top unit in Nashville, it would be alongside Yossi and not uh, in in his spot. Uh, I don't think there's any chance they go four forwards in one D and Yossi's not the the lone defenseman back there. Shoots a lot more than Riley too. Uh, I just think he's a really safe bet to to flirt with 15 goals again this season. I think they'll finish around the same amount of points. Um, And yeah, I mean, Riley talked about Barry being there. Um, Again, he shot 9% from the back end last year, 12.1 on ice shooting percentage. You can expect that on ice shooting percentage to be a little bit high again this year just because uh, of who Riley plays with on most nights uh, with the Maple Leafs. Uh, but that he's not going to be able to shoot 9% again from the back end. Uh, you know, really don't imagine him getting back to 20 goals this season. Uh, so I, I think he's going to be more around the 10 to 50 range. And I do think just the threat of Barry B in there, uh, it's real. And it's enough of a concern for me to drop him down just the tad uh, below Yossi there. So I got the tank five, Yossi six, and then Riley coming in at seven. Uh, but let's check in with the uh, Beavs's rankings. Cause I know Beavs had Riley uh, rather high there. Um, yeah. So Beavs had, uh, Carlson, Burns, Carlson, uh, Burns, Carlson, and then Riley. And then Riley yeah. Uh, and then he has Herman at four. Pretty sure he meant to type Hedman there. Yeah. Uh, don't think 
Pee Wee Herman, you know. Unless there's somebody we haven't heard about, scene. I don't know if he's, you know, if, if the guy that, that I haven't heard about jumps into the top four, uh, we've got we've got some big issues. <laughs> yeah, and then you know it's a pretty glaring omission from Beeps to not have Hedman in his top ten if that was the case. Yeah. So I'm gonna assume that's Hedman at four. Uh, he's got Latang five, Carlson six. Uh, so basically, same thing we have. He just really likes uh, likes Raleigh, probably likes his chances of getting back to around the 2050 pace he had last year. Again, I'm a little bit more skeptical. Uh, but of course, if uh, Riley uh, does end up playing a full season on that top power play, it's certainly plausible that he gets back to last season's numbers. Uh, and then Beavs has Yossi at seven. Uh, you got Yossi at seven? or No, I, I don't actually. And uh, I love Roman Yossi. I think just the biggest concern for me still is that power play. Sure. Uh, it should be better. It can't be worse, I don't think. I actually have Mark Giordano at seven. I might be a little bit high. I kind of always have been on Mark Giordano, but um, there's a lot to like here. I mean, his, his production is extremely consistent uh, year in and year out. And people might like look at last year's 17 goals and be like, oh my God, like he must have shot ridiculously high. He's actually right around his career average of 7.5, uh, scoring 17 goals. Obviously, the assists are a bit of a concern. On ice shooting percentage was 11.3. So, I think the assists are going to come down a little bit from 57, uh, but then he's going to fall somewhere in between where he had 25 the year previous and and 57 last year. So Giordano, uh, that's a really strong offense. So he got, he comes in at number seven for me. I have him 17 goals, 36 assists for 53 points. And then actually number eight, I have John Klingberg ahead of Roman Yossi as well. I'm really high on the stars. I know you're not so much. I got Klingberg for 11 goals, 48 assists. Uh, for 59 points but let's just get back to Roman Yossi here for a second he is you know have him at nine a little bit lower than you but he is just one of my favorite defensemen in the NHL I mean let's look at this guy's consistency over the last few years I mean the last five seasons he's never been below 49 points been over 53 four out of those five years and then the last three seasons shooting percentage 5.5 percent 5.5 percent and 5.5 percent I mean just the model of consistency 12 14 and 15 goals over that stretch so you know he's probably going to shoot 5.5 percent this year it's just a matter of how many shots he gets I think there's a lot of room for him to grow obviously uh, because six goal six power play goals in 2016 followed that up with seven and seven in the um, two years after that just two power play goals last year uh, his power play assist obviously down too. So just a slight improvement. Yeah. I mean, what were they? 13.2% of the power play last year. Like, can you just imagine how much it'll do to guys like Yossi and Forsberg's value if they can get up to 20%, just like league average? Yeah. And I, uh, I, I really do think that, you know, what he did last year is his floor. I, I think you look at, um, what he's done the last few seasons, uh, and, you know, to be as productive as he was last year uh, with the lack of power play production, just 12 power play points uh, last year, uh, 12 or 13. Uh, yeah, 12 power play points last year, the, the fewest he, he's ever posted over a full season. Uh, obviously, we expect that power play to be better. Like you said, Brock, can't get any worse. Um, but so that, that that's why I really just have Yossi uh, a tab ahead. I think his floor uh, is just a little bit sturdier than the guys behind it. I do think there's a lot more upside there. I think there's potential for him, for him to push for 70 points this season with Subban gone as well. Um, so I just like Yossi a lot this year. I have Klimberg, uh 
at nine, Giordano at eight. So again, we got essentially the same top just nine. Just a little interchangeable. A little like bit you said. different. Yeah. Gio, um, I'm just skeptical that the power plays production is going to be as strong as it was last year. Again, he's getting older. He's 36 years mm. old. Uh, doubled his point production seemingly out of nowhere last season. Seemed to be on the decline, uh, at least offensively. Obviously, the, the forwards and the, the players around him took a big step forward, uh, which was a big part of that. And that should continue. Uh, I just. You know, he just scares me as a player in general. You know, he shoots pretty high from the back end. And I think as you get older, um, the ability to do that consistently, it just gets harder and harder. Uh, so just a little bit more worried about Giordano. Uh, although I was kind of expecting him to be a little bit overdrafted. I, I think he's fine uh, going where he's at with his ADP Yeah, his right ADP is actually pretty low. He's yeah. almost bordering on a sleeper, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, I just want to get to Klingberg. I didn't get to talk to him at all. He only played 64 games last year, but was on pace for 50, 58 points. I uh, scored double digits for the fourth time um, in five years, which is impressive. Uh, this is a guy who had 59 points to or 59 assists, sorry, two years ago. So there's not really anything too concerning about Klingberg's production. Obviously, Miro Heiskanen's there, but I don't think Miro Heiskanen's really going to eat in his top power play time. No. You've got Radulov, you got Segan, you got your boy Jamie Ben, uh, <laughs> and then John Klingberg. It's a, it's a dirty power play as well. So I, I like Pavelski. Klingberg a lot. Yeah, Joe Pavelski added to the mix helps a bunch too. Yep. Uh, so then number nine, I have Roman Yossi. Yeah. And then number ten, and Klingberg to your point, seven point seven on ice shooting percentage last year. We expect that to go up. Um, so that and along still with playing a full season, yeah, should get him back up around sixty points for sure. Uh, Tory Krug, number 10 for me, eight goals, 46 assists for 54 points. He comes in at number 10. I don't think there's really any question that Tory Krug should be in the top 10. You know, plays on one of the best offenses in the NHL. He's the unquestioned uh, number one power play guy there. It's just, it's just, like for defensemen, honestly, like it's mo- it's so much just about opportunity. If yeah. you're that top power play guy, like you're just so valuable. It doesn't matter what team you're on, like, even the Ottawa Senators had a better power play than the Nashville Predators last year. So, you know, guys like Thomas Shabbat and stuff that we'll talk about later, like those guys, you're on that top unit. That's all that matters. Yeah. It's all about opportunity with defense. Yeah. I, I, I have Krug at 10 as well. Uh, you know, it, it was a little bit more of a difficult decision for me. He's obviously, you know, uh, a starting fantasy defenseman when he's healthy. Um, just being on that top power play in Boston, that's not going anywhere anytime soon. McAvoy is not going to challenge him uh, for that spot on the top unit. Krug simply just way too efficient on the power play for that to ever happen. Uh, but I did it. I was going back and forth a little bit. I, you know, I think Subban uh, and Seth Jones for me are both right on the edge uh, being in the top 10 as well. Uh, Krug's point production, just a little bit more reliable. Uh, just to round out Biebs' top 10 here. Uh, he's got Carlson at six, Yossi at seven, Giordano at eight, Tyson Berry at nine. I wish he was here to kind of explain that one. I know he's a big Colorado guy, so maybe he just would go back to his days from Colorado, point to how successful he was there. Uh, I don't. I'm not quite as high on Berry, but uh, he's got him at number nine, and Eric Gustafson, another new one at ten. Uh, we're going to talk about both those guys a little bit later in the show, but uh, let's get to our breakouts, guys that are not in our top tens that we think are going to. Just absolutely break out this year. I will start with Biebs here. Uh, Biebs has Miro Heiskanen as his breakout. I think Miro Heiskanen has room to grow this year for sure. I just don't know if the opportunity is going to be there for him. He already played twenty three over 23 minutes a game last year. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I do absolutely love about Heiskanen is shot volume. 182 shots as a rookie is really impressive. And I think he's only going to be 
more comfortable this year. I, I think he's a guy that's going to get over 200 shots this year. So I think there's definitely room for growth uh, in terms of his goal total. But still, 12 last year was pretty impressive from a rookie. Uh, but like John Klingberg, just a 7.4 on a shooting percentage. So uh, I, I definitely think there's room for this guy to get to 15 goals, uh, 30 assists this year. Uh, so I like the pick in terms of, you know, his value at, as a potential 45-point defenseman. But overall, I just think Klingberg limits his value a little bit. But we did see Klingberg have some injury issues last year too. So yeah, uh, you never really know where, uh, you know, how many games he's going to play, where Heiskanen is going to end up. But, you know, played all 82 games. Shaw volume was great. Shooting percentage, just 6.6%. Uh, you know, a little elevated, but he's a good defenseman. So I do think that Heiskanen builds off of last year uh, full breakout. I think that there's some some other picks that we're going to talk about. And let's, you know, who do you got as your breakout candidate? For well, this yeah, season? no, I just got to say about Heisken. I, I think he's a breakout in the sense that, you know, I, we both expect him to be, uh, you know, around probably 10 to maybe even 15 points more than what he posted last season. Uh, but I do agree with you with Klingberg there having such a stronghold on uh, the spot on the Stars' top power play. Uh, I do think that limits his production. It's really hard to break 50 points as a defenseman when you're just not seeing uh, top power play time. Uh, but yeah, definitely a breakout in the sense that we expect him to be a little bit more productive than he was. Well, the thing season. too about him is that like he he goes from basically being like a fringe drafted player last year to a guy whose ADP right now is right around twenty four. So he's a guy that people are relying on to be like his, your number two, number three fantasy defenseman. So. Obviously, there's a lot more trust in Heiskanen. And, and, you know, I'm comfortable with him as my number three. Uh, number two, I think, is still asking a little bit too much. I mean, we're talking about 24 defensemen. There are, you know, 31 defensemen that play on the top power play unit for their respective teams. True. So, uh, I, you know, I, I'm going to always opt for the guys who are playing on these top power play units over a guy who's... For the most part. Almost, yeah. like uh, Save for Mike Green. Yeah, maybe Mike Green, <laughs> just because he's going to play 14 games probably this year. But, like, no, there's... It's just, like, yeah. there's... It's a good rule of thumb, for sure. Yeah, like, I just... I, I, I don't trust a guy who's on the number two power play as my second defenseman but as a number three this year I really like Heiskanen I like Beebs' pick I think he's a guy that can definitely go you know 15 goals 30 assists this year uh, which is a nice step forward from last year and we always say like it's so easy to find assists this is a guy who scored 12 goals last year that's a lot of goals from a defenseman and if he can get to 15 that makes him all the more valuable I'd rather have him scoring 15 and getting 45 than a guy scoring 10 and getting me 50 yeah if you're not going to be on the first unit the goal scorer needs to be there uh, and we've seen even Ekblad right I think he's a pretty good example of that of how you can still return uh, sufficient fantasy value even if you're not racking up the you know just the secondary assist from being on that top power play unit I guess I'll kind of just piggyback off this one uh, and go next just because I have Rasmus Dahlin uh, as my breakout this year. Darlene, obviously a rookie defenseman last year as well. The big issue here, uh, it, I guess it's not an issue for him, it's a positive for him, is just like it's become so apparent that Rasmus Ristolainen is kind of falling out of favor in Buffalo. There's trade rumors. Uh, you know, he's... It's just so they've made it so clear that Darlene's their number one defenseman. He's their number one power play guy this year, and I just think all of that is going to lead to a, a, an even bigger second season. Obviously, nine goals, thirty-five assists, forty-four points in your rookie year is really good. Uh, one hundred seventy-seven shots. I think he's got some room to grow there, 
played just 21 minutes a night. That's the big yeah. uh, thing for me. That's going to be up closer to 24-25 in his second season. Just the opportunity alone, plus the Sabres improved this year. He's a definite candidate to score over 10 goals this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's closer to 15 and 40-plus assists. Now we're talking about a guy who's maybe 55, 60 points this year. Uh, he could really be valuable on draft day. He could really elevate himself into a, a number one fantasy defenseman yeah. this year, I think. Where's he going right now? What uh... His current ADP is 16. Um, 16th among, uh, D-man, off 16th D-man off the board. He's the 84th player overall. So I think conservatively, that's a nice spot for him. You know, middle... Um, yeah, honestly, that's about as early as I'd probably go after him. Yeah, I know like the 16th you were talking about it. I have him ranked at 18. Yeah. So if you take him at 16, I think that's still fine. Anything higher than that's a little bit risky. I still plays for the Buffalo yeah, Sabres. But certainly still a breakout, right? I, I just think it's kind of baked into his ADP already. There's obviously yeah. a lot of hype around him. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, we're not talking about sleepers here. We're just talking about guys that can legit break out and break into a new tier for sure. uh, of fantasy defenseman. And that's Darlene for me, 60 point potential for sure in the second season. And that's legit. We're talking about guys like Tory Krug with 60 points maybe. And, and he could be, you know, almost a lock for that. I think, I think he's a huge steal. Definitely a guy I'm targeting heavily and I'll take him as my number two defenseman. No problem. Yeah. Uh, I got Ryan Pulak to talk about on the Islanders. Uh, you know, not, not an outstanding player. doesn't really blow you away. Uh, outstanding shot. Yeah. Great shot. Uh, shot volume is there as well. Um, and you know, the Islanders struggled through a full season last year with Nick Letty on the top unit. Um, and towards the end of the season, they finally started to turn to Pulak. Uh, and I think that will definitely be the case from day one as we head into 2019, 20. Um, so Pulak nine goals, uh, 28 assists last year for 37 points across a full 82 games. Uh, had just nine power play points. Uh, so certainly room for that production to grow uh, just based off that alone. Ice time was about 22 minutes a night, so that could also improve as he uh, you know, enters his age 25 uh, season. Uh, I, I like Pulak. I, I just think he's worth noting here because you know he was basically a fringe fantasy player last season. I think he's really going to solidify himself as a starting D-man. Uh, Sky is not necessarily the limit. I do think his uh, production is a bit capped. Uh, but I can certainly see him pushing for 15 goals uh, with the full season on that top unit uh, and, uh, you know, flirting somewhere between 45 and 50 points. So a serviceable defenseman that might be getting a little bit overlooked right now. Uh, I don't think his ADP is uh, too bad, though. I think it's kind of reasonable. I, th- I think he's around 145 right now. Uh, I'm not sure where that puts him amongst defensemen. Do you got it there, Brock? Yeah, uh, just give me half a second here. He is going 41st among defensemen. Yeah. So he's a little a, bit outside the range where, or I guess that's, I yeah, no, a little bit outside the range because that'd be, uh, you know, pushing to on fourth fantasy defenseman bench. And I think if you end up with him in that spot, that, then that's terrific. If he's your fourth D-man and your first option off the bench, then I think that's kind of ideal. In, uh, in terms of like ADPs in my rankings, he is one of the biggest discrepancies. Uh, I have him ranked at 32. I think this is a guy that's a, a definite number three defenseman this year. And if you yeah. get him as your number four, you're laughing. Uh, just a tremendous shot. The other guy I kind of want to mention, and, and for deeper leagues in New York, is Devin Taves. 
Uh, he's just, you know, he's produced at every level. Uh, he's a guy that should play top four minutes for them this year. Should probably be featured on that second power play unit next to Letty. Uh, yeah, I honestly think he's a bigger threat to that first a spot on the first power play. And that's that's kind of what I was yeah. what I was getting at. But I think Pulak definitely starts there. We saw his ice time. Uh, we saw his power play time go up kind of as the year progressed. Uh, Devin Taves, though, too, down the stretch, second half of the season, he played uh, almost two minutes a night on the power play, really ate into uh, Letty's power play time on ice uh and then Taves and Pulak kind of shared that second unit with Pulak seeing power play one time you know here and there yeah they changed it up a bunch so uh, that's kind of what I was trying to get to is Taves is a big seems to be a big uh I guess player to eat into to uh to Pulak's minutes there I don't know what I, I was thinking of a word and I just couldn't come <laughs> up with it I don't know what yeah I, I just think the goal production from Pulak obviously makes him uh a little bit more uh, attractive from a fantasy standpoint just, and also from and a you know power what? play standpoint if you're with as good of a shot unit. as he has yeah I mean he's only been shooting five percent the first two seasons if he he's one of those guys that could easily have one of those seven percent shooting years and, and absolutely explode you know you see yeah, it all the time yeah. I mean you know even Riley last year right like I think if Pulak is fortunate enough to shoot 19 percent in a season and get some of the puck luck that Riley did last year he could certainly flirt with 20 goals as well right yeah so. it, it, like we're not talking about guys shooting 20 percent if you've yeah. got a, a soft little wrister from the back end but yeah. if you got a cannon it, it, it can happen and speaking of which Another breakout for me is Matt Dumba this year. This was a guy who had 93 shots through 32 games before his season ended after rupturing his right pectoral muscle. Uh, if you extrapolate that over 82 games, that gives you 238 shots. He's a guy that shoots a career 8.6%. When you give him 8.6% at 238 shots, that's 21 goals. It's impressive stuff. Uh, the Wild are probably going to struggle this year a little bit. But I think that they're better than most people are giving them credit for. Sure. And Dumba is unreal. Yeah, it starts with the blue line, right? Yeah, their blue line's tremendous. And Dumba is probably their best defenseman. I mean, Ryan Suter's obviously great. But from a fantasy perspective, Matt Dumba's the guy. I'm going to go out here on a, go out on a limb here and say bold take that Matt Dumba leads all NHL defensemen in goals this year. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go for it. Tw- I'm going to say he, he wasn't get- leading when he got hurt. He was definitely near yeah. the top. So. I'm going to say he gets over 20. I'm going to say he scores 21. Maybe Brent Burns finishes at 20. Yeah. We'll give Matt Dumba the edge. Lead the NHL in goals this year. So that's a guy that I absolutely love to break out this year. Certainly plausible. Uh, yeah. And like, I mean, he had 36 assists in 2018. So you're talking 20 goals, 36 assists. This could be a guy that could almost be a top five fantasy defenseman. Yeah. Can certainly creep into the top All 10 things if, he considered. Can, if he can stay healthy. And health really wasn't a concern until that one major injury last year. Um, Current uh, ADP is the 21st defenseman off the board, 96th overall. So yeah. this is a guy that you're he's a basically being drafted as a low end number two high end number three and yeah. he has legit top five potential and again we're not doctors or anything close to to the sort but uh as far as major injuries goes and bouncing back you know a pec- pectoral a torn pectoral muscle certainly not as concerning or not the same kind Did of structural damage or impact as, yeah as opposed to a serious knee injury or something like that uh, so not really the type of thing that we expect to really, uh, have an impact on his performance moving forward. You know what I mean? It's not going to really, uh, have an impact on his speed or, or anything like that. No. Um, so long as he's healthy if during anything, camp, I really don't see any reason to worry about it because they were pretty he, cautious with him last year. Bringing yeah. him back. If anything, he worked out harder this off season to build up that strength and he's even more jacked than last year and his bomb is going to be even heavier from the point. Just so the biggest pecs. Yeah. So now he's probably going <laughs> to score. Maybe he's going to score 30 this year. I don't know. Yeah. 
Don't get too carried away. Uh, do you have any more breakouts? Or should we get back into our but, sleepers? Uh, I got a couple guys, a couple more guys to mention real quick. Uh, Darnell Nurse, kind of in the same vein as Pulak. I, I think me and you both expect Darnell to really challenge Clefbaum for power play time. I do think Clefbaum's going to start there. So uh, yesterday but that, yeah. they did. There they ran go. the power play, and Clefbaum was on the top unit. Right. And so was uh, Chason. Uh, and then the second time they ran it, it was Nurse and James Neal took Chase on spot. Sure. So they're, they're, you know, you've obviously makes sense got, on both ends. You've obviously got McDavid. You've obviously got Dre Seidel, and you've obviously got Nuge. Nuge. Yeah. Uh, and then these other two spots are kind of up for grabs. And to me, Nurse, like you said, is the more productive one in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Nurse had 10 goals, 31 assists last year. Uh, most of that predominantly coming at even strength. Yeah, Clefbaum obviously missed him a time. Uh, and Nurse proved himself uh, to really be a starting fantasy defenseman whenever Clefbaum was out of the lineup. Uh, and that can certainly happen this year if he can kind of uh, take over Clefbaum's spot on that top power play unit, which clearly uh, they know is a possibility. And they're even, you know, looking at it already this early into camp. Like I said, expect Clefbaum to start there, but he really did not have a, a good season at all last year at 5v5 power play. Uh, none of the sorts. Uh, so, you know, I, I think if he gets off to a slow start, if that power play gets off to a slow start, they won't hesitate to, to give Nurse uh, a spot there. Um, so I, I really do think Nurse uh, is worth drafting as uh, your fourth defenseman, maybe your third defenseman if you get into trouble because the upside is there. But I think ideally you take him as your fourth D-man, um, and he'll probably uh, probably be serviceable in that role regardless, even if he doesn't get on the power play. should still be around 10 goals and 30 assists this year. Uh, but if he can get on that top unit, then we're looking, you know, pushing 50 points uh, and maybe even flirting with 15 goals. So I, I think there's a lot of upside here, uh, especially relative to where he's going. It's uh, worth noting that in the first half of last year, leading up like into January, Clefbaum averaged 346 on the power play. Nurse was at just 103. By the time January flipped, and through the end of the season, Nurse was playing over a minute more on the power play than Clefbaum. So he had the top power play unit locked down for the second half of last season. And heading into this year, I think they would like it to be Clefbaum. I really do because they lean on Nurse so heavily at even strength too. Yeah. That they probably would like it to be Clefbaum, like him to kind of return to that insane production he had a couple years ago. But Nurse is just better. Yeah, and, and I, I think he's just he's, miles he's ahead of everyone else going around him. He's being uh, drafted outside the top 50 defensemen right now. Yeah. He's a total steal. You can get him in the last round of the draft, have yep. him as a reserve defenseman. Yep. And, and like the other guys going around him, Will Butcher, Nick Letty, Kevin Shattenkirk, Eric Branstrom, none of these guys have no, the floor or the ceiling this Branstrom season. Branstrom might not even make the team. Yeah, none of these guys have the floor or the ceiling this season in particular than Nurse does. Uh, so I think Nurse is, is a great pick. Sleeper, breakout, uh, whichever one, they, they both fit him. Uh, and then Shea Theodore, uh, friend of the show, I would say. He's been yeah, talked about absolutely. a queer uh, quite a bit um yeah I, I just think uh colin miller gone now uh really the only real threat to, for theater's power play time uh he was so productive last season uh in, in a limited role as well not limited in the, in the sense uh traditional sense but certainly there's room for his ice time to grow played around 20 minutes last year yeah, 20 minutes and, and six seconds uh, to be exact. So just over 20 minutes last year, 12 goals, 25 assists uh, in 79 games. Uh, power play time should go up. Ice time should go up in general as well. Uh, I just think that's a natural progression for him uh, to flirt with 50 points again this season. Certainly be worthy uh, of a starting defenseman. I think his ADP is fine for where he's going, uh, but a breakout candidate in the sense that he should take a step forward from his production last year. Yeah, and you saw very similar to Darnell Nurse last year, 
he at the start of the year was kind of they were splitting all that power play time up in the second half it was more uh him than anyone honestly the biggest uh the guy that ate into his power play time the most was brad hunt when he was in the lineup played yep. a ton because that's all i know how to do and then colin miller also saw 245 on the power play in the second half of last season so all that is gone. I mean, you're talking 254 a game from Brad Hunt, 245 a game from Colin Miller. All that's gone, and Theodore was already playing 232 on the power play. So we're talking about a guy that could play three minutes a night on the Vegas top power play. You got Mark Stone, you got Pacioretty, you got Marcia So, you've got William Carlson. Like, it's going to be a good unit, and Theodore is going to be the rock on the back end for them. So I absolutely love Theodore. We've talked about him, you know, at nauseum on this show. Uh, the one thing, too, this guy had 25 assists last year, 6.5% on a shooting percentage. Yep. So this is a guy that could easily get over 35 this year. Uh, already somebody who's scored uh, over 10 goals. So I absolutely love Theodore. Uh, a lot of breakouts on the back end this year. I, this is why I don't go out and take a, a Brent Burns in the in the second round and I get yeah. a 90-point uh, winger because you can go get a Shea Theodore, you can go get a Darnell Nurse like literally in the last rounds of the draft. So um, let's fire it over to the Blue Stones. When we get back, we're going to talk about a bunch more players that can be taken, you know, a lot that are being drafted right now a lot later than they should be. Uh, I know I've got two. We've kind of got three together. I know you've got two and a half. half, Yeah. So we got about five defensemen to talk about. Beebs has got a couple as well. So uh, we got sleepers and bust coming back after the break. Enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you back here in 60 seconds. Broken down, so I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I die. I'm out of money. I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. Time slows and my vision arrows. I'm out of money. I'm out of time. Sing your hearts out. Sing it loud. Make me happy. Make me proud. Black holes. Solid ground. Black holes. Solid ground. A thousand voices. Welcome back to Season 5, Episode 5 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. A very double Nick Lidstrom. A very Danny Markov. Keith Primo. A very... Nicholas Cronwall. I can't think of anyone else. Um, so let's get right into it. Hope you guys enjoyed the Blue Stones as always. Uh, if you enjoy their music, check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere else where you listen to your music. You'll find them there. Um, good guys, better music. Let's get right into it. We got uh, sleepers and bust. Still, Hold on, can I just interrupt for one second? You always do. Season five, episode <laughs> five. How did we not at least give our shout out to our boy Risto? Oh, there you go. There you go. That's a fifty-five fire. See, that's what we're missing with Beeb's not here. Yeah. He would have been all over that. He would have. So, where do you want to go? You want to go bust to start? Or you want to go sleepers to start? I always like talking about sleepers all because right. sure, you know. Well, why don't we get I, I think when you're, like, why don't we talk about when Beebs you're listening first? to an, a podcast, you yeah. kind of want to 
progr- and then like at the bus, you can kind of shut it down if you you know you don't maybe they don't want to hear about who we don't like because they don't want to it to negatively affect their views on a player that they love. But sure, sure. Maybe they don't. I don't know. Let's start with sleepers. So Biebs, I think we talk about this guy as a sleeper pretty much every season, and it's Ryan Ellis. Uh, that's who Biebs has got. Relis. and you know Windsor alert. Yep. You no know, more Needs than pretty sad. much anybody, um, <laughs> but. Ellis is a guy who shot just 4.7% last year, 7.1% on his career, uh, 149 shots, you know, pretty solid shot volume, had back-to-back double-digit goal seasons, uh, but his, you know, his values never really seemed to catch up to him. Obviously, with Subban being gone, he should play a little bit more, should play a little bit more on the power play. Yeah, I, I think the main draw here is that, you know, he could potentially be looking at a 3-2 uh, with him and Yossi both on the top unit, we just talked about it. I don't think either of us expect him to overthrow Yossi uh, himself, but he could definitely sneak on as a second defenseman on that unit. If not, uh, definitely will be on the second power play unit. Um, the most attractive thing about Ellis right now, ADP, he's the 34th defenseman being drafted, which yeah. means he's being picked as a low-end number three defenseman. I yeah. have him ranked as uh, the 27th best defenseman, which makes him a high-end number three. So... You could almost get this guy as your number four defenseman right now, and you're laughing. Yeah, and obviously that's where Beebs is coming from with the sleeper. The, the value there in the ADP is definitely there right now. Um, maybe not as much uh, upside, uh, but, you know, we're talking about uh, a guy you're drafting as your third and fourth defenseman. And if, you know, uh, he's like big a- if because Yossi's been proven to be pretty durable in his career, but if Yossi were to miss any time, uh, you know, Ellis becomes a borderline number one fantasy defenseman as long as he's Even out. still, though, like, he's a guy that has very obvious double-digit goal production, and if yep. you can get that out of, uh, you know, your number four defenseman, yeah. you're, you're laughing. For sure. Uh, I'm going to continue here. My first sleeper is Zach Rowenski. Uh, I was absolutely stunned to see where his ADP was. I don't know if it is more a product of the fact that he was an RFA and didn't have a contract and that affected it or not. I'm going to be very interested to keep an eye on where Rowenski's going. Obviously, the Blue Jackets aren't as good of a team as they were in years past, but Rowenski's ADP right now, 120 overall, the 31st defenseman off the board. I have him ranked as 15. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how he can be going as you know, a high end number three when this guy to me is so clearly a number two defenseman with number one upside. Obviously, Seth Jones limits his value a little bit, but these it's not like Seth Jones is exclusively on that top power play unit. This is a a team that basically alternates between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And Ruwenski had eleven goals, thirty three assists last year. Uh, shot six point five percent on ice shooting percentage, eight point nine. Everything looks good to me. Uh, he has. Double-digit goals in three consecutive seasons to start his NHL career. Over 30 assists in two of them. The one time he didn't, he had an on-ice shooting percentage below eight. Um, yeah, I don't know how much... The... His shot volume fell off a little bit last year, but I mean, this is a guy that, you know, he's been over 200 shots before. I just don't really understand it. Like, you know, maybe you don't have to take him at 15, but if you can get him as your number three defense, I just don't get it. I really yeah, I don't know. I, 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 my thought is maybe the, the lack of contract might have uh, played into that low ADP to start. It had to have been, right? Um, like just... Yeah, but he's signed now, so obviously I think you can roll him with confidence as your number two defenseman, and I think if you get into, get into trouble or if there's a run on defense that you don't want to get involved in uh, earlier in the draft, I think you could even fall back on him as your number one defenseman uh, if you support him well with uh, two or three other guys uh, who are kind of in that same 
middle middle and uh, middle to high end number two uh, three range. So uh, yeah, I like Wronski a lot. You know, I think he was a very obvious sleeper on his ADP right now. Uh, again, I, I my only assumption is that the lack of contract played yeah, into that, but. I uh, talked about it last. Well, hanging fruit there for me on that one. Talked about it last week, but these early ADPs they really do influence drafts um, because that's what people go off of when they're doing online drafts more than anything. Most people uh, don't use additional rankings, so they're going to be looking at the Yahoo rankings um, or the ESPN rankings, and they're going to be looking at ADPs. And right now, uh, Rowenski's uh, probably about a good three or four rounds earlier than than where we would have him, um, the low end of where we would have him anyway. Even yeah, and I think it's worth noting that. He was averaging, sorry, 21.48 through the first half of last season. Yep. Uh, by the second half, obviously it had a little bit to do with Ryan Murray's injury, uh, but he was averaging almost 24 minutes a night and more power play time than anybody else on the team. So he's so clearly the number two defenseman, but plays on the top unit with Jones, like yeah. the top, sorry, top pairing with Jones. And then he often sees top power play time yeah and like 22 years old too i think we can definitely see his ice Still time growth. continue to grow yeah you could probably flirt with 24 minutes or so this year so like rowinski a lot i think is terrific value for uh where he's being drafted right now and we're saying like yeah his ice time went up after ryan murray got hurt but like it's only a matter of time before that happens again this year so yeah true. Ryan murray gets hurt every year true who do you got as uh, as a sleeper here uh the first one i'll talk about is jacob truba um you know, traditionally not a friend of the show. I think we all thought he was a little bit overrated throughout his time in Winnipeg. Uh, but he kind of showed us what he could do last year uh, if he were given the chance to be a number one defenseman. Uh, Truba had eight goals, 42 assists for 50 points, career high. Uh, shot past his previous career high of 33 points last year with the Jets. Uh, of course, Buffalo missed an extended amount of time. He gave Truba the chance to actually be uh, the number one defenseman uh, on an above average power play. And I think that'll be the case again in New York uh, again this season now with the Rangers. Uh, you know, uh, clearly uh, he's, you know, the, the safe bet uh, to at least start the season um, as uh, are on that top power play unit. I think you look at Zibanejad, you look at Kreider, uh, obviously Panarin, uh, and whoever else you want to put in on, on that fourth spot. And I, I think you have all the makings of an above-average power play unit. Uh, so I really, really, really like Truva's chances of getting back above you 50 Kako? points. Uh, I did not mention Capo. Definitely, uh, you know, uh, potential to be in that, that last spot. Um, but a little bit more of wild card and, you know, I think those other three guys uh, just give whatever whoever the defenseman is on that unit uh, some sturdy production, a very sturdy floor. So Truba going a lot later than breaking I, news. Yep, five minutes ago. Sure, first power play work of camp. There you go, Jacob Truba, Chris Kreider, Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, <laughs> Capo Caco, oh. first power play unit. That's so, why he listened to the podcast. Yeah, right? breaking news. Um, th- the, the biggest question was whether or not, you know, an Adam Fox, Tony D'Angelo, obviously not, still doesn't have a contract. They didn't it? They didn't bring in Truba to have some of those guys just, you know, defaulted to playing on the power play. I think Adam Fox eventually could get there. But yeah, I mean, maybe it, like two but or like three years no, for yeah, sure. There's, no, there's no, no reason for him to start over Truba, and I don't think Truba is going to give him a reason as the season progresses to really And honestly, that's what I was spot. just going to say. Did you just hear who I mentioned? Truba, Kreider, Panarin, Zibanejad. Kako. There's no way that that unit doesn't click at 20% in 
And when it's clicking at 20%, there's no reason to take Struve off the unit. Yeah. Simple uh, as that. ADP, I think it's around 115 right now. Where yeah, is he going? 30th defenseman. Uh, or 28th defenseman off the board right now. ADP yeah. is So he's going as a low end number two. I'd be more than happy to take him on as my number two. Again, I think if you wait a bit on defenseman, you pair him with Rurensky. I think that's a really solid one too. Um, even if maybe we wouldn't classify uh, either one as a standalone number one defenseman. I, I do think, you know, in, in a little bit more balance of a lineup, you could definitely have Truba being as your uh, number one defenseman. I just think the role there gives him such sturdy floor uh, and he's never seen this kind of opportunity over a full season. I think he just kind of scratched the surface and flashed what he could do with that sort of opportunity last year. So I think there's a lot of upside here to go along with a sturdy floor. Uh, and totally. I, don't know, I don't think the plus minus is going to be that big of a black guy as uh, many people are expecting from the they're Rangers. They're going to make the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I think, I, I think most people aren't giving them enough credit. Uh, a lot of people think they're still a year or two away. Uh, I think Heidel takes a step forward. Kako's going to be great. Zabinja and Panarin are going to be dirty. Truba helps Yep. And Henrik, man, he's got to have one more kick at the can. Yeah. Give Henrik the kick at the can. I think that they're going to be... He's still good. Yeah, they're going to be He's great. still serviceable. Like, he was, he had a rough year last year, but they were awful. Yeah, I mean... Give him one more kick. Rough still relative for him, right? I mean, he's got two guy. years. He's got two years left on his deal. So maybe next year's sure. the year, his yeah. last kick at the can. But I'm going to say this year. I like them a lot, man. I just... I, I hate to like the Rangers, but... There's a lot of... They're going to be fun to watch. So yeah. I, I really don't mind it. A lot of reason for optimism there. Uh, and the other guy I was gonna, go for it, I yeah. talked about earlier in the show, uh, who I like right now, is Mark Giordano, a little bit of a sleeper. ADP right now, 14th defenseman. Uh, as I already said earlier on the show, I have him ranked as my number 7th defenseman. So clearly, uh, you know, he's like doubly as good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that makes sense. I don't think that's a, the way I, you should say it. But just so much goal production. We've already talked about him a ton. I just think that his ADP is... Way too low. People are expecting regression, obviously, but then all of his rates outside of, like, I mean, the shooting percentage was right there in line with his career average. Yeah, it's yeah. a little high, but he's done that for a decade. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm not expecting him to slow down. It's not like the the Flames got worse this, this offseason. Yeah. So, I just, to me, maybe you don't like him at seven. Fine. But he's got to be in your top 10. He's yeah. got to be in your top 12. Yeah. He's a number one fantasy defenseman. There's no reason for him to be dropping to 14. Yeah. And so, uh, I, like, he does concern me a little bit more than you, but we can still be talking about a 15-point drop-off and still safely ending up in the top 10 defenseman. Uh, so, yeah, I was surprised. You know, just kind of going... Uh, like are we forgetting going off he my head and heading into this without looking at the ADPs? I assumed Giordano would be a decent bus candidate. Now, in the sense that we're, I don't think either of us are yeah, expecting him to get back to seventy five. points. Yeah, but he's not getting drafted like he's going to put up seventy points. He's getting drafted like he's going to put up fifty points, which I think me and you would both agree is about his floor for this season. So yeah, I like Giordano. As well, a the Norris, the value's there for sure. Yeah, I like. He is 36, main concern. But again, all these concerns are baked into his ADP right now. And then some, he's, the, the value is there for sure. It, it, yeah. it, we talked about it. Like there's always players that like you, they just, for some reason, their value gets boosted. But then there's other people who. All, all these guys are talking about, even the bus we're going to talk about, they're obviously incredibly talented players with offensive yeah. upside or else we wouldn't even be talking about them. But it's all just based relative uh, on their draft value and where they're being picked yep. up. Uh, Ghost Bear. This Another? one made no sense to me either. ADP, 38th defenseman off the board right now. We have him ranked at 26. I know you like him a lot. Give us some stats. Yeah, well, I, well, I mean, he was uh, pretty bad last year. Had just nine goals and 28 assists. Uh, but I think people are, are a little quick to forget that he had 65 points the year before. Um you know. recency bias yeah yeah you know opportunity went down a, a little bit uh ice time dropped to 19 minutes and 40 seconds we saw Sandheim's ice time go up i do think that you know if i'm the head coach in philly uh who is it now Vigneault? yeah 
Ali Vigneault. Yeah. Okay. So uh, if if I'm Vigneault coming into to the to the gig, uh, I see the struggle Provorov had last year uh, as a young defenseman. I'm really gonna look at scaling back Provorov's minutes. I think with those kind of struggles, there's really no no reason to still be playing him 25 minutes a night. Uh, and I think the most obvious candidate, uh, you know, we both like Travis Sanheim a lot, but his uh, time on ice uh, already took a spike last year. Goss is spared down to under 20 minutes a night. I, I, I really expect uh, him to see a, an increase there. Um, obviously, uh, should be the default option on that top power play. A power play we're both expecting to be a lot better this season. Uh, and just a team in general that I think was pretty unfortunate across the board last year and Goss spares production uh, took the brunt of that. Uh if I, I if I'm being honest, if I had to you know draw a line in the middle between the 37 he had last year or the 65 the year before, I, I think he'd be a lot closer to the 65. Uh, there's just a lot of offensive upside here. Like I said, I think the talent falls closer in line uh, to where he was uh, a couple seasons ago. Uh, shot production did uh, volume did take a, a bit of a hit, and again that has more to do uh, with the opportunity than anything else. Um, and the on ice shooting percentage slightly low last year at 8.3 percent. Uh, and we've seen him before kind of uh, It was go really up just the power play production that that hurt him. And yeah. he, he even in the second half of last year after Sandheim had kind of emerged, um he was Gustav Bear was still averaging three minutes and twenty one seconds per night on the power play versus Provorov's one twenty three and Sandheim's one oh nine. So clearly still the top power play option. And he dropped from twenty one in twenty seventeen to and then he went to 26 and 2018 to 10 power play assists last year. So, yeah. I mean, we're talking 16 assists. Obviously, you know, 13 goals a year prior, great. I think that's kind of like where you, we like him. Uh, his shooting percentage was a bit down last year. But you just add 16 assists to his 28 overall. Yeah. And, and, and now we're talking, you know. Yeah. And you just look at the personnel there, Giroux, Voracek, Couturier, no JVR. Um, you know, a full season out of JVR now too. Basically was brought in just to play on the power play. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of room for upside there. I, I'd expect him to kind of soar past the, the 38 or 39 points. Well, that's that the thing. That's what I was year. just going to say. Maybe there is some risk uh, because I do think he might be a third-pairing defenseman this year, but he's playing on the top power play. That's kind of all that matters. And there's no risk associated with, yeah. it, with his current ADP. It's insane. 38 is so low. Like, 38 among defensemen is so low. Yeah. I'm at 26. Like, that's a full 12 spots higher. Yeah, and I mean, if we're talking about floors, it's got to be what he did last year, right? Yeah, it's hard it to imagine production getting any worse, and I, I really do think he's going to be closer to 50 points again this year. It's certainly great value for where he's like going. Like, his ADP is legit a, a fourth defense. Yeah, and again, one of the power things power that really yeah, one of the things that really hurt his ranking, his value uh, in standard leagues was the plus-minus, minus 20 last year, and I think we both uh, agree Philadelphia should be a lot better this year. Yeah, I mean, they did everything they could to, to improve this offseason. Sure. He's going to have Justin Braun probably as his D partner, which helps him a lot. Yeah, or Niskanen even, which I, I think... Yeah, are, early early on so far, they've had Provorov, Niskanen together, Robert Hag and Sam Sanheim together, Gosses Bear and Justin Braun together. Obviously, we're you know only four days in a training camp. But yeah. that's the kind of the early um, returns. So I just, I just don't see like whatever. I, maybe I'm a little too high on him. Maybe you're a little too high on him. But regardless, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think. <laughs> I so think either. we're being but pretty just, realistic about it. But yeah, just regardless, yeah, thirty-eight ADP among defensemen is insanely low. Yeah, There's for someone no, who you know clearly has sixty-point upside, he's shown that not even two years removed. He's twenty-five years old. So, uh, yeah, definitely great value for where he's going right now. Speaking of great value, we both agreed on this guy. Tommy. He's our, he's our last Tommy sleeper. Chabot. Yeah, Thomas Shabbat, current ADP among defensemen right now, 20th. If you head over to dailyfaceoff.com, we have him ranked 11th among defensemen. Overall, his ADP is 95. We have him ranked at 74. 
you know, we're talking about a guy who is clearly the top defenseman in Ottawa. Uh, while they're not going to be good, they have enough pieces to put together a pretty decent top power play. Yeah, uh, He had 14 goals, 41 assists in 70 games last year, 185 shots. If you prorate that over 82 games, he gets up over 200, which is what we'd like to see. Shot 7.6%, great. 24 minutes a night, fantastic. On ice shooting percentage was 11 last year, so a little bit of concern there that assist might come down a little bit. But I think any regression there is just offset by him playing a full 82 games. Yeah, um, that's what exactly. Like yeah, he missed he 12 games last year. Should so. be a 50 point defenseman. He, he's, yep, like, with obviously a lot more upside than that. And like Matthew Shane obviously tore it up there last year, and it's, you know we always say it on the show: somebody's got to score goals, somebody's got to put the puck in the net. They're gonna score. They're yep. gonna be awful. They're gonna be the worst team in the league, but they're gonna still put the puck in the net. Him and Brady and, TK. And yeah, and more often than not, it's gonna be a product of something that Thomas Shabbat did. Yep. He's gonna be in like he has a legitimate chance to just lead this team in points. Oh, yeah. Whether Forget the, their best defenseman; he's by far their best player. Uh, and you know, it's not a secret. The usage is gonna reflect that for sure. So obviously. Um, People are a little nervous about him playing it for the Senators. 20th defenseman. I, this guy's a legit number one fantasy defenseman in my eyes. The only concern would be the plus, plus minus. minus yeah. But still, they were fucking horrendous. Yes, but we do need seasons. to address it because it is a category in but most But minus 12 fantasy. and minus 12 the last few years. Really not even that bad. No, no. So All things considered. Yeah, I just, I don't really get it. Uh, the craziest thing I'd say about Tommy, how many power play goals do you think he has in his career? Hmm. Is it low? Is this probably why you're asking, One. right? Yeah, there you go. One. That is crazy. Goal. Yeah. That'll go up. You would think. I, I can't see how it <laughs> wouldn't. So, uh, one power play goal in 134 career games yeah, for a guy it, with his talent level. It doesn't make... I don't get really what's going on this year because Shabbat's the type of guy that, you know, the general public would typically be overdrafting. Right, in, that's in, what I was in thinking. In normal years. Uh, and it does not really... Too. Bro, he's going like... 15 to 20 picks earlier than the rookies this year, which makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. And uh, I guess it's worth pointing out that even though they were horrendous last year, um, worst, you know, 64 points total, the centers had the 13th best power play in the NHL. Yeah. 20.3%. They're not that bad. Yeah. It'd be interesting to I because I know it was pretty strong when Duchesne was there. Yeah. Losing uh, Duchesne hurt it for sure. sure. Boy, Tommy, I just, I just. I couldn't believe when I saw his ATB because I thought I was thinking exactly what you just said. He's the type of guy that you'd expect to be overdrafted, and yeah. I would never own him. Now I'm like, I'm going to get all the Shabbat stocks that I can this for year. For sure. For sure. Uh, let's roll right into the bus, just because, like I said, Shabbat uh, going less than two rounds before uh, both Quinn Hughes and Kill McCarr right now. Uh, Brock, you know, I, ha- I have them both listed as blessed. I like, obviously, McCarr a little bit more than Hughes. Uh, but to me, you know, we talked about it last year. Uh, what is it? You know the stat is. So no rookie defenseman has been over a point, or sorry, over 50 points since 1993. Yep. I think it's now after Rasmus Dahlin did it last year. I think that it's 17 rookie defensemen have been over 40 points since 1993. Um, and I think we definitely expect McCarr to fall into that see, half a point. Per yeah, game McCarr range. is the type of guy that I could, you know, you'd expect to have a chance to buck this trend, but there's considerable upside or uh, downside here. Uh, he has, you know, a spot probably locked down. Early indications are that he's going to be on the top power play instead of Sammy Gerrard. 
So, you know, he's going to be with McKinnon. He's going to be potentially with Rantanen, Landis Cog, Nazem Kadri on that top unit. And that has the makings of a great fantasy defenseman, but he's still going to be somewhat limited, I'd think, in minutes. I mean, sure, he's probably yeah. going to play something. I would assume something similar to Rasmus Dahlin last year. And Dahlin still 20, finished with 40 points, 44 points. So I just don't think that he breaks 50. Uh, he's going a little too high for my liking. I think he's going to be great. I think he, you know, it, the thing is, no people are going to draft him early, and they're not even going to like when the season is done. They're going to be happy with the pick, they're happy with the value because he is going to turn in a good season. I would imagine. Yeah, but it's just being drafted ahead of uh, Theodore or uh, Ruwinski. Yeah, see, uh, just too early. Truba, even Ekblad, Gossis Bear. So just, I think there's a lot of guys that me and you would feel a lot better mm-hmm. about taking. Um, and then Quinn Hughes, I think, has no business going anywhere near that high. Well, it's funny because I I said that I think last last episode that I think there's a chance that Quinn Hughes, maybe a couple episodes ago, that Quinn Hughes is the more fantasy-relevant Hughes brother this year because I think that he could have a good year. But yeah, he's still not going to all of a sudden eclipse 50 points out of nowhere. I mean, the Canucks still aren't that fantastic, even yeah. if he is on that top power play unit. McCarr is obviously... Uh, the better option out of these two. Yeah, and it, again, in redraft leagues, I'd always just rather take the, the player who's proven they can produce at an NHL level given the opportunity. Uh, and you can never say that about a rookie, no matter how, uh, you know. I just can't imagine, you know, taking Quinn Hughes over Ryan Ellis right now. When Can you make, a, yeah. I mean, Quinn Hughes going 123rd right now, which is bonkers. Um, I have him ranked at 258 for but, the record. Yeah, I, I know, like Not you said, we, we both like Makar. We both think he has upside, but can you make sense at all that he's going just 18 picks after Thomas Jabot right now? No, it makes sense. There's a serious disconnect there, right? Of people being excited about a young defenseman um, when Chabot's going just 18 points ahead of, you know, Kale McCarr. It doesn't really make any sense to me. No. Uh, like McCarr, I certainly think he's going to be a serviceable fantasy defenseman. I'm not sure Quinn Hughes is. I think I think Hughes is, you know, easily the, the bigger bust out of the two this season. Uh, like Quinn Hughes a lot. Uh, we just always like to me. To ex- there's just not that surrounding cast to get excited about like there is in Colorado. Yeah, and we always just kind of like to wave this rookie flag. You know, they're not going to put up over 50 points, so don't draft them as such. Even yeah. no matter how good they are, no matter how good the power play they're playing, they're probably not. Like if Rasmus Dahlin couldn't do it, yeah, no one's doing it. Sure. Dion Phaneuf in his rookie season could. I thought you were going to talk about Dion Phaneuf as a bust. No, no, uh, he couldn't even do it. He had forty nine points. He was the he's the closest the closest guy Dion yeah. yeah in his rookie year. Um, boom boom. Another bust for me. This one might sting a little bit for you. I got Tyson Berry. I know I'm fine with it. Biebs had him in his top ten. His current ADP is eleventh among fantasy defensemen. That is I have fun. him ranked at twenty second. So yeah. considerably lower. We talked about it. You know, he was amazing in his time in Colorado. He was great on the top power play unit, but I just don't envision an, a, a spot where he unseats Morgan Riley on that top unit. I just don't really see it happening. And, you know, we said last week maybe Babcock goes two defensemen on the top unit. Who knows if that's going to be the case or not. I doubt it. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, Babcock is very stubborn, and he has done that in the past, but it's hard to imagine with all the, the talent the Leafs have up front that uh, anyone that. could convince himself that yeah, yeah, that's so the way to go. Now you got Tyson Berry on the second unit, who are going to play 45 seconds, maybe every power play, if the first unit doesn't score. And I just I don't know how he returns first, fan, like number one fantasy defenseman value. Yeah. It's just, it's it's almost impossible for me to see that happening. I mean... He's in a similar spot as somebody like, I don't even know, like Miro Heiskanen. 
Like he's yeah. the same kind of. Well, Zach Rowinski, I guess, would be. A... Rowinski's probably got the top pair, the top unit down though, and he plays top mm. plays top pairing minute. He played more power play time than Seth Jones did last year, not a lot more. I don't think there's a direct com- uh, comparable this year. I think I in think the past it would have been probably the closest one. Yeah, it would have been Yossi and Subban. I think would have been a really good. Yeah. Um, you know, just looking back to and what I, did Subban do? It was never a top hand. Right. I think one. me and you would both agree. Uh, Tyson Berry, Morgan Riley, pretty similar players in terms yeah. of offensive talent and just, offensive upside. Look at what Riley did last year. Sure. How do you? How do you I, I think the more the more telling is what Riley did two years ago when uh, he was on the second power play unit and Jake Gardner was on the first unit. Um, 2017-18 season, Riley put up six goals and 46 assists, 52 points in 76 games. I think that's a much better benchmark for what you can expect out of the least second defenseman to do. Um, yep. I, so again, good. 50 points. You know, second defenseman for sure. Um, yeah, with six goals, I think that's his number two defenseman, and that's exactly. Yeah, and where again, low on number at. two. I I think with Barry, you know. If you know, let's say Riley's healthy for a full season, Barry plays the full season on the second power play unit, uh, which again, you know, is a big assumption. Uh, I think best case in that scenario would be about ten goals, forty, maybe forty-five assists. Uh, so again, we're talking about a low end number two here, maybe middle of the pack number two. So certainly being drafted a little bit higher than he should, I think. Top top twelve is just too high for me. Yeah, like, and just... in the same breath though, we should also be docking Morgan Riley uh, for these same points. Um, and we, I think Barry we... never had the season that Riley did last year. To be fair. Uh, but we do expect those numbers to, you know, not. I, I don't think even if Riley gets the same opportunity, I don't expect them to replicate those numbers. Obviously, uh, so I, I think all these same knacks we're putting on Barry's production this year, we got to be a little bit realistic with Riley as and well. And I think we were by bumping him out of our top five. Sure. Like I mean, he was so clearly a top three defenseman last year, yeah. and now we're talking about him not being a top five. I. He's going to be to me. He's still close to a top five because he. To me, he is the guy that's going to be on the top power play unit, and Barry's not. That's well, they were so good. Out, like, there's no reason to to, to why would you take that? Riley off in favor of Barry? And, makes until, no sense. You know, this, yeah, maybe they start to struggle. They're slow out of the gate, what have you. If that unit struggles, well, I mean, there are we saw issues. <laughs> we saw it at times last year, though, right? Where they went seven, eight games without a out a goal. Um, every every team goes through it, and, and Babcock isn't always the most patient coach when that kind of thing arises. So I think at some point, maybe Barry gets a sniff on that top unit for sure, but, that, uh, but, but that, not enough to justify taking him as a starting defense. Exactly, wouldn't feel comfortable. He, he with might that. he might see some time, and that's enough to justify him to me as a number two fantasy defenseman. Yeah, and not, just not a number one. So he is a bust for me. I you know. I will absolutely have some Tyson Berry stocks this year if you can get them at the right price. But yeah. right now, you're there's just you know based on that those numbers, you're not getting them at the right price for sure. You got any more busts to talk about? Uh just one more worth mentioning. I I think uh, just signed uh, what many believe is a rather team friendly deal. Charlie McAvoy. Uh, currently being drafted uh, with an ADP of 109, uh, late ninth round. Uh, to me, you know just. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The upside just is not going to be there as long as Krug uh, is on the team and, and clearly ahead of him in terms of power play time. Again, it's the same thing. It's really, really, really hard to crack 50 points as a defenseman if you're not on your team's top power play unit. Not going to happen for McAvoy this season. Uh, good young defenseman for sure. Uh maybe even elite defenseman already at this point in his career, but the fantasy production uh, is just not going to be there so long as Krug is on that uh, roster in the depth chart ahead of him, at least in terms of power play time. Yeah, I wrote about him yesterday. Through two seasons, he's averaging 10 goals and 32 assists per 82 games. Yeah. The problem is he's only appeared in 71% of games over that time. Yeah. He hasn't played over 70 games yet. And even if he had played 82, he was still only on pace for 42 points over those two seasons. I just, 
And I don't even think they love the idea of him being a power play defenseman. I don't think he's proven that. Even when Krug missed time last year, he wasn't the default go-to. Yes, he did see time there, but Charles saw time there. Matt Grizzlick saw time there while McAvoy was still healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think even it's the case that he's the clear-cut number two for power play time there just yet. Uh, underlying numbers are not even the underlying numbers, but his even strength production definitely bodes well if you were ever to get a chance as the team's top power play defenseman. I, I think he'd be an obvious breakout if that were the case, uh, but I just really don't see that happening this year, barring some sort of crew injury yeah he actually you don't is want to one of the sort of biggest thing, discrepancies in terms of adp in my rankings yeah adp 26 overall defenseman i've ranked at 48 yeah like a low end number like low end number five four high end number five yeah might like be nowhere a, close to 26 right might be a little, a little bit low i'd take him as my fourth defenseman but i would honestly rather uh i'd be a lot more comfortable having um you know my, my bench would you rather have him or ryan Suter? uh Probably McAvoy. Really? But I think it's close. Uh, it has, you know, give me a week, uh, another week or two, and let me see how the, that wild power play units are shaking. Would out. you rather McAvoy or your boy Ryan Pulak? Uh, slight Pulak. Yeah, I'm I'm way higher on both of those guys than than I'm just not high at McAvoy. Like you have to factor in the fact that he hasn't played over seventy games either. Like I just True. I just. I I will not own McAvoy. True. The only games. the only reason I, I give him consideration is I like. Just with basically pure even strength production, he's not going to be that far behind those guys. So no, but obviously the upside there, if he does get on the power play, but he's just being drafted way too high for me right now. He's basically being drafted under the presumption that he is going to see some uh, first unit power play time this year. And that's just, you know, does not look to be the case. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to close the show. Actually, no, we have two more because we haven't talked about Biebs yet, but I'm just going to go really quick because they go hand in hand. Matthias Ekholm. I can't even believe I had to talk about this. Uh, at current ADP, 35th defenseman off the board. I haven't ranked at 62nd, so nowhere close to even really being fantasy relevant. Sure, eight goals, 36 assists last year, 44 points. Um, that's all fine and dandy. I just, I, I just don't see it happening again. I mean, prior to that, his career high was 34 points. Um, you know, his shot, shot volume didn't, you know, it increased a little bit. His on ice shooting percentage, um, 8.9%, a little, not, you know, not super high, but the thing is his role didn't change when Subban arrived. So his role is not going to change as soon as Subban leaves. He might see, you know, he's still going to see that second power play unit. He's still going to, it's just not, there's no point in drafting him. No, it's just not a lot of upside there. No, there Um, isn't. Like last year is as good as it's going to get. Yeah, I mean, Subban leaves and he's still third in line on the team for power play time, right? Yeah. So. so there's just no point. Like So like I said, he's being drafted right now um, 35th. So people are relying on him as their number three, you know, or number four defenseman. I just don't, there's no, there's no, no I wouldn't he shouldn't him. be anywhere near there. He shouldn't be drafted. So, uh, you know, leave him on the waiver wire. If Yossi or Ellis gets hurt, then Ekholm suddenly becomes a little bit more valuable. But sure. in, until then, uh, but anyway, sp- speaking of PK Subban, he is uh, Biebs' bust. I couldn't agree more. I would have had him uh, as my bust for sure, but Biebs took the first kick at the can, started it off with PK. Uh, right now, current ADP, six defensemen off the board, 39th overall. I just got, I got, I don't get it. Yeah, where do you uh, have him? I'm I have on. him ranked 98th overall. Sure. So way later and number 16 fantasy defenseman uh versus his number six uh, i think i might be a little bit low on him yeah uh, i think clearly he's closer I, I mean, to NHL.com, the top 10, i kind of dragged them uh on twitter because sure. they have him at number five uh but clearly yeah who kind of agrees because his current adp is sick i just he's never really had that crazy 
elite season. Uh, you know, he had a 60-point year in 2015, but that was 2015. He's been over 50 points twice since then. Uh, he had a great year, I guess, in 2018, 59 points, but 68, 66, and 63 games played in three of the last four years. Yeah. Durability is a huge concern with Subban. Moving to New Jersey, sure, that's going to help him. That first power play unit should be good with, you know, you got Hall, you got Heischer, you got Palmieri, uh, maybe Hughes, maybe Gusev, whatever. I You know, there's opportunity there, sure. Yeah. Uh, I just think that he has to play 82 games. Everything has to go right for him to be a top six fantasy defenseman. Yeah, I... I... Again, I think I'm just a little bit higher on you. I do agree he's being, you know, drafted way higher than he should. Uh, there's a good five or six defensemen I, I'd rather have that are going behind him right now. Uh, like I said, I did have him right on kind of the bubble there for top uh, 10. I think he's right there uh, with the 11-12 range with Seth Jones for me. Uh, but I, I agree. You know, I just don't think the the increase in upside going to the Devils is as big as everyone thinks. Obviously, just going to a team with a half decent power play uh, should be a decent spike as well. But I really do think best case scenario is something around a 15 goal, 45 assist season for Subban. Uh, so that's why I me, mean, I, I definitely think serviceable as a starting defenseman, but definitely not someone I'd be taking that early or even you know half considering it. Okay, uh, before we head out here, I just want to bring up a couple guys that are near the top of the list too that we weren't able to touch on and just kind of get uh, your thoughts and my thoughts about them. Uh, what do you think about somebody like Dustin Bufflin this year, Chuba gone, uh, Jets, you know, you know, pretty much gutted on the blue line this offseason. Dustin Bufflin and Josh Morrissey are like kind of the two lone uh, remaining defensemen there. Uh, his current ADP is the 10th defenseman overall i have him ranked as 13th uh what do you think about dusty b this year uh, i like him a lot i just think you know durability is is a very obvious concern um unlike you i still think that power play is going to be very good this year i still think they're going to yeah, score I think a that lot top power play units will be fine i like, think they're be- going to score a lot um i think if you know if he played if you could tell me he was going to play anywhere near 80 games I, I think he'd definitely be in discussion as a top 10 fantasy do you man for where he's going right now just a little bit too early for my liking i think there's more risk there than i'd, I'd like to take uh with my first fantasy defenseman and just a top 60 pick in general all right, and one more guy, Eric Gustafson, I think is worth talking about a little bit. Had an absolutely explosive year last year, yeah. uh, especially the second half. Uh, current ADP, 17th among defensemen. Actually lower than where I have him ranked at 14. What do you think about Gustafson? Yeah, I'm fine with where he's going. Uh, I don't think he's being you know critically underdrafted or overdrafted either way. I'd be happy with taking him uh, right there as kind of... Uh, I guess a high end number two. I, I really like Chicago's power play heading into this season. Uh, you know, they were one of, if not the best team on the man advantage after Jamie Carlton took over last season. Big part of that was moving Gustafson into that role. Uh, I think he's going to move right back into that same position, kind of take uh, where he left off. Uh, I think last year's production is closer to his ceiling, but I, I think another full season on that power play unit is an easy 50 to 55 points for Gustafson. Yeah, I think just the biggest concern with Gustafson is the goal scoring. 10.6% last year. Yeah. That's got to drop. Mm-hmm. So maybe he scores seven goals this year. But still, like you said, power play production was fantastic. But still, he it took him a while to get put on that top unit. Uh, so he finished the year with 43 assists, but 40, or 14 of those on the power play. So I think there's a lot of room still there for yeah. growth if he gets a full season on that top unit. I mean, we could be talking about 25 power play assists. Um, and really boosting his value. Like, I mean, he could be a guy that legit goes like seven goals and 55 assists or something this year. 
for sure. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm totally fine with where he's going right now. I, I think that's very fair value. Um, and if you end up taking him uh, as a high end number two or even a low end number one, um, I, I, I'm okay with that for sure. It's funny because he's kind of another one of these guys who blindly, like not looking, is somebody that I would have cons- like thought would be overvalued. Yeah. Um, same with like... Who were we talking about earlier? Oh, Shabbat. Yeah, I think I thought Sin, both of them would go yeah. way higher than than they probably should have, and they're both actually going a lot lower than I thought. That not a lot lower, but lower than I thought they should have. Yeah. So I'm I'm very happy to invest um, some stock in Gustafson this year. Yeah, I think he was a, a little bit under the radar last year. Definitely. Yeah. With, you know, well, yeah, he was how, like not even drafted. How but, early and out of the picture the Blackhawks were, they didn't get the usual coverage and attention that they normally do. And yeah, clearly he was a number one fantasy defense. Yeah, and I don't year. think people realized, you know, that he wasn't on the top unit until Colton got there. Which and, was about, what, 15 games in the season? Yeah, and we then after that, it was just explosive. So yeah. I think there's still room for growth. Uh, in terms of the assist production goals, I mean, 17 is insane. 10.6% is insane. Uh, but again, you know, only 160 shots last year. A little bit of bump in ice time, perhaps, or sure. whatever. I, you know, increase that shot volume a little bit. Even just the same role across a full 82, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we like Gus as in. I'm not really going to talk about too many other guys. I mean, guys we didn't get to talk about. You know, your Keith Yandel, Alex Petrangelo, Drew Doughty. You know, Oliver Ekman Larson. They're all kind of getting up there in age. They're all you know pretty decent number two fantasy defensemen at this point. Yeah, I think if uh, at this point, if it's anyone we didn't mention, we're, we're pretty fine with where they're going. What about Shea Weber? I think he's one uh, worth touching on. Uh, 80, 80 he's ADP 50th, right now, early seventh round. Yeah, fifteenth ranked defenseman according to ADP. A little I have earlier him, than I'd be going after him. Yeah, I have him ranked at twenty one. He's yeah. more of a low end number two to me than a mid mid uh, yeah. number two. But the assist total just leave a little bit to be desired, but still a very reliable goal scorer at this point in his career. So I, I'd be uh, more than happy to have him as my number two defenseman. But I'd be uh, a little bit worried if he was my, coming away as my number one defenseman on draft day. One player that I think could also uh, outperform his ADP is Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, uh, just so much upside. Uh, you know, Justin Falk could be on the move, still remains to be seen. And if Dougie sure. gets a full season on that top power play unit, look out. To me, it just so much. So Got to spend a little bit more time on the ice and a little less time in the museums, right? Yes. To head on straight, kid. Yeah. So uh, Dougie Hamilton currently ADP uh, 23rd among defensemen. I have him at 19, so a little bit higher. Uh, but, I mean, if they trade Falk and he has a full year on that top power play unit, I'm moving him up way higher than that. Like, just so much potential there it just needs to all kind for of sure I, the shop volume's always been there and the opportunity kind of hasn't followed suit so definitely one to watch so i got i hope you guys enjoyed season five episode five of the daily face-off podcast next episode coming to you in a day or two brought to you by odd shark yes we are going to uh take a look at fantasy goalies wrapping up our positional preview episode mm-hmm. can't wait to i can't wait to lay some money on my boy matt dumba all these <laughs> all these huge calls um some bold predictions out of me so far this year. I, that one's my favorite. The Quinn Hughes one, I'm, I'm backpedaling on. A you got to put bit, money but. on a futures bet for 20 goals for Dumba now. Yeah, absolutely. Or even just to, I, you could probably place a bet for leading goal scorer. Yeah, that'd probably pay out even more. You think? Because everybody loves Brent Burns so much. But, anyways, enjoy. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. See you back here in a couple days. Peace.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.